leads me to conclude that there is a group that, well, this leads me to believe that he has been given, granted, plausible deniability. And by being granted plausible deniability, he is... Uh, he's also given a certain level of freedom from prosecution. I think that's part of the deal, actually. And the way that this has to work now, if that is indeed the case, the way that this has to work is that there is a particular unit a particular organization comprised of agents of perhaps multiple uh, groups, uh, multiple agencies within the Department of Justice that does not report to Merrick Garland, whose activities... Merrick Garland is unaware of who report directly to the White House. And I kind of came to this conclusion not only based on Merrick Garland's testimony, but also on the fact that the same FBI unit that conducted the raid on Mar-a-Lago were the ones who also conducted the um, illegal surveillance of candidate and later President Trump that falsified evidence to a federal judge who I'm quite certain was willing to sign off on it regardless. It was the same unit. That also tells me that not all of the DOJ is bent. Um, very much the same as the situation with the military. I believe that there are elements within the military that do not follow the regular chain of command. This would not be unusual, by the way. This has been going on for a very, very long time. This is definitely to grant plausible deniability to certain elements within the government. But... I think that this is, I think that there is a separate chain of command within the U.S. military. I know that there's a separate chain of command within the U.S. military that reports, again, directly to the White House, does not answer to Congress, that Congress is not aware of their existence. And this would also indicate that the not all of the military is bent now that makes more sense 
um, then not all of the Department of Justice, because the Department of Justice is more of a, it's staffed by more political type people, and it it was weaponized by Obama a lot faster. But and the grassroots, I think, are easier to corrupt. Your average federal agent, I think, is easier to corrupt than your average military member. Um, and that's a discussion for another day. But I think that it's that group that carried out the bombing of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And again, I think this leads credence to my theory that there is also a separate organization within the DOJ that does not answer to the Attorney General, but instead answers directly to the White House. So those are my thoughts there on that particular situation. But I want you to think about this too. Uh, if there is a separate organization, a separate organization within the military, typically those organizations exist to minimize red tape such that warfare can be waged against enemies of the United States in a more efficient manner. What does it mean if there is a separate organization within the Department of Justice? Well, that means that it exists so that it can conduct warfare more efficiently against the people of the United States. Those people who the federal government, or more specifically the White House, deems as enemies. Separate organization within the DOJ that does not answer to the Attorney General, but instead answers directly to the White House. So those are my thoughts there on that particular situation. But I want you to think about this too. Uh, if there is a separate organization, a separate organization within the military, typically those organizations exist to minimize red tape such that warfare can be waged against enemies of the United States in a more efficient manner. What does it mean if there is a separate organization within the Department of Justice? Well, that means that it exists so that it can conduct warfare more efficiently against the people of the United States. 
those people who the federal government, or more specifically the White House, deems as enemies. collective West, for whatever reason, turned them away, turned them down, and decided they wanted to go hot. Anyway, what this is going to do is it is going to deplete, and this might be the plan, actually. The Russians might have planned this. They might have been like, you know, knowing that the Ukrainians are going to have to send their top dogs and the vast majority of their equipment to try to get through, and the Russians are going to just beat up on them to the point where there's not going to be much Ukrainian military left. Bakhmut's going to fall, and that's basically going to be that. And at this point... China came along, and China has advanced a, a, a plan for peace, which Russia turned down because Russia knows that they've got the they've got the upper hand, and they're going to keep it. Ukraine, or at least Ukraine's political leadership, such as it is, has not recognized that fact, largely because they're being fed this garbage by the collective West and oh you can do it you can do it come on we've got your back but they don't and so Ukraine thinks that you know they've got a chance and they don't and that's what's worse for the Ukrainian people now you can agree or disagree you know that's fine but that's my two cents worth. The Russians are going to wear them down. The, the collective West and the United States are going to keep throwing money at this stuff, but they're going to be throwing less and less military equipment. You watch. They're going to be throwing less. They'll talk about it. Well, they'll talk a great game. Oh, we're going to send them this. We're going to send them that. You know, we're, oh, we're going to send them ballistic nuclear submarines. And, oh, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, all, oh, we are hypersonic missiles and, you know... It's, uh, top secret, uh, you know, top secret kung fu monkeys. We're going to send all that stuff. They're not going to send it. 
Most of the collective West at this point has already said, most of the EU countries have already said, they're not even going to send their tanks that don't work. They're busted tanks. They're not even going to send those to Ukraine. So the will for this war, and wills are, or wars are won in the will. The will of the collective West for this war is waning rapidly. And once this particular offensive to try to take back Bakhmut fails, I think that'll be the beginning of the end of the whole thing. Which is good for the people of Ukraine because then they aren't going to be getting shot up and blown up anymore. And their lives will start on the path towards some kind of normalization. But it's going to be even better for the whole world because then I think the story of why this war started is going to start to unravel. And we're going to find out who was behind it and why. And it ain't this, oh, it's Putin, it's Putin, it's Putin, it's all Putin's fault. No. No, that doesn't make any sense. None of that makes any sense. Anyway, that's my two cents worth for now. For now, things could change. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, Share this video. And uh, check me out on my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show. Uh, you can get it on wherever you can get podcasts, except Apple, because I won't fill out their paperwork. It's like three pages of that crap, and I'm not filling it out. And you can catch me, uh, my other my videos uh, on uh, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, but not YouTube, because I'm not going to let them censor me. And uh, if you agree with me, disagree with me, hit me up on social media, Gab Getterminds, Truth Social, at Doc Bryant, and Twitter, at Doc Bryant Actual. Once again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all later. There is a socio-political elite that benefit financially and politically from constant warfare. And I'm talking the Gulf War, the War on Terror, all the way through to this one. These people profit financially and politically, from constant warfare. It needs to end, and it's going to end. And the best thing for the Ukrainian people, and folks, you have no idea, and I'm not going to tell you, why I have a very, very special place in my heart for the people of Ukraine. You have no idea. But I love the Ukrainian people. I hate that this is happening to them. This is... I'm not going to get into that. Sorry, getting a little emotional here. Forgive me. This is what's going to happen. This war needs to end as soon as possible. And this might be the beginning of the end. The... The Russians have Bakhmut in a cauldron. This is a a very Russian tactic. What they will do is they will surround 
an enemy uh, area. Normally what they do is they, they actually surround towns or whatever. In this particular case, and it speaks to the incredible restraint and discipline that Putin has been showing, I've actually been really surprised by how restrained he has been. Uh, but anyway, you surround the area and you just wear them down. You get it to the point where they can't get any supplies in. And you just, you just let them come at you and let them come at you and let them come at you. And you wear them down. And that's what's happening here. And the reason that Bakhmut is such a big deal is, politically speaking, we have reached a point where the collective West, the EU leaders, or the people in the EU are getting to the point where they're sick and tired of this. And they're running out of money and military equipment to send to Ukraine. Reports are that England and Germany, specifically, their militaries have been depleted to the point where they wouldn't be able to defend their own countries because they've been sending so much military hardware to Ukraine for this big deal. And the people of Europe, and I think this is one of the reasons why the the Western media has been so insanely propagandist about this war, is try, trying to keep the support of the people up. But the, the, the people in Europe are not going to tolerate this war much longer. And even a lot of the countries in the EU are not going to support this war very much more because they can't afford to. And it's to the point now where you got a whole bunch of Ukrainian troops in Bakhmut pretty much completely surrounded by the Russians. The only ways in and out of Bakhmut are small, small little roads, small little farm roads, that kind of stuff. And I believe that the access and egress are being allowed by the Russians. It's kind of a Sun Tzu thing, too. You, you read Sun Tzu, and he always says, always leave your enemy an exit, but you control the exit. You control how they get in and how they get out. But anyway, so now Ukraine has apparently today just said that they are going to uh, send a whole bunch more troops to try to bust out or bust through the cauldron and help out their troops that are there. And they have to send their elite troops, what's left of them, and the best military equipment that the West has given them so far, and there's reports that the you know a handful of leopard tanks are going to be going there which is not going to do anything by the way but they're going to do this so that they can eventually what they want to do is get into Bakhmut and and break through the cauldron and break their guys that are in Bakhmut out 
of the cauldron so that they can reorganize and mount a spring counteroffensive so that they can somehow push the Russians to the bargaining table. The Russians were already at the bargaining table, folks. The Russians were at the bargaining table before this whole doggone thing ever happened. And the Ukrainians, prompted largely by the collective West, for whatever reason, turned them away, turned them down, and decided they wanted to go hot. Anyway, what this is going to do is it is going to deplete, and this might be the plan, actually. The Russians might have planned this. They might have been like, you know, knowing that the Ukrainians are going to have to send their top dogs and the vast majority of their equipment to try to get through, and the Russians are going to just beat up on them to the point where there's not going to be much Ukrainian military left. Bakhmut's going to fall, and that's basically going to be that. And at this point, China came along, and China has advanced a... a plan for peace which Russia turned down because Russia knows that they've got the they've got the upper hand and they're going to keep it Ukraine or at least Ukraine's political leadership such as it is has not recognized that fact largely because they're being fed this garbage by the collective west and oh you can do it you can do it come on we've got your back but they don't and so Ukraine thinks that, you know, they've got a chance, and they don't. And that's what's worse for the Ukrainian people. Now, you can agree or disagree, you know, that's fine, but that's my two cents worth. The Russians are going to wear them down. The, the collective West and the United States are going to keep throwing money at this stuff, but they're going to be throwing less and less military equipment. You watch. They're going to be throwing less. They'll talk about it. Well, they'll talk a great game. Oh, we're going to send them this. We're going to send them that. You know, we're, oh, we're going to send them ballistic nuclear submarines. Oh, yeah, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, oh, oh we have hypersonic missiles and, you know, it's, uh, top secret, uh, you know, top secret kung fu monkeys. We're going to send all that stuff. They're not going to send it. Most of the collective West at this point has already said, most of the EU countries have already said, they're not even going to send their tanks that don't work. They're busted tanks. They're not even going to send those to Ukraine. So the will for this war, and wills are, or wars are won in the will. The will of the collective West for this war is waning rapidly and once this particular offensive to try to take back Bakhmut fails I think that'll be the beginning of the end of the whole thing which is good for the people of Ukraine because then they aren't going to be getting shot up and blown up anymore and their lives will start 
on the path towards some kind of normalization. But it's going to be even better for the whole world because then I think the story of why this war started is going to start to unravel. And we're going to find out who was behind it and why. And it ain't this, oh, it's Putin, it's Putin, it's Putin, it's all Putin's fault. No. No, that doesn't make any sense. None of that makes any sense. Anyway, that's my two cents worth for now. For now, things could change. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, Share this video. And uh, check me out on my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show. Uh, You can get it on wherever you can get podcasts, except Apple, because I won't fill out their paperwork. It's like three pages of that crap, and I'm not filling it out. And you can catch me, uh, my other, my videos uh, on uh, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, but not YouTube because I'm not going to let them censor me. And uh, if you agree with me, disagree with me, hit me up on social media, Gab Gettermines, Truth Social, at Doc Bryant, and Twitter, at Doc Bryant Actual. Once again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all later.